This podcast contains explosive content and polarizing views and opinions. Listen to discretion is advised. You have been warned. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Dead Behind the Eyes podcast. In this episode of the broadsheet, we'll be looking at COVID, as usual, a murdering mother let out of prison early, the horrific crash in Formula One, and how it is a shame that we won't be able to go to the fucking pub anymore. So I hope you enjoy. Stay tuned. Oh, just quickly, uh, if you like the podcast, don't forget to leave it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Cheers. Get back to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dead Behind the Eyes podcast. Of course, it is the weekly news show that we do called The Broadsheet, and it wouldn't be a normal episode of The Broadsheet if I didn't start it off by saying again, my American football team has lost. This time, not so much. They look quite good, but they still lost. It's been a weird day for uh, the sport. Of course, anybody who's an F1 fan would have seen the race today and known what has happened. So it was the Bahrain Grand Prix this week. And on the first lap of the race, there was an incident which involved Roman Grosjean and Daniel Kvyat. Roman was trying to get out of the way of slower cars in front, hit into the side of Danny. Nothing anyone could have done, but that sent Roman straight into the barrier. It ripped his car in half and it went up in flames. I'm happy to be able to say that Roman was able to get out of the car, but I was holding my breath because it could have quite easily been a fatality. So it was the, the barrier was a metal barrier like you would have in the middle of a motorway and the car just pierced straight through it. I gather it came to a point where the engine was too big or something that couldn't get through so it just sheared straight off the car and just left Roman sitting in a cockpit surrounded by what basically is rocket fuel that was a light. It took him 20 seconds to get out of the car. Luckily enough on the first lap of Formula 1 the medical car follows them around. I gather it's just because the first lap is, is the most likely to be the lap that there's an accident so it follows it around. was able to get to the scene quickly, was able to get Roman away. He's escaped with what seems of just light burns and a few broken ribs. He did release a message um, on Instagram a few hours later, which he said, quote, hello everyone, just want to say that I'm okay. Well, sort of okay. Thank you very much for the messages, end quote. He also said within the video that he wasn't for the Halo system some years ago, but that he probably wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for it. And I would tend to agree, like the way he went through that barrier, if he didn't have that halo system there, he was probably getting decapitated, if I'm honest. Like it was that bad. And it goes to show that F1's not a safe sport, but it is as safe as it can be. Like their suit that they wear has to go through vigorous testing to be able to withstand situations like that. The halo system, I think it's like can can withhold the weight of two double-decker buses on top of it before it even starts to crumple. There has to be tethers on the wheels. If there's a crash, the wheel just can't go bouncing off down the track. It stays on. The fuel bag is basically made out of Kevlar. And there's all these things in place that prove that it's as safe as it can be. And what I don't want to happen is that they see this and they try and make it safer and they could actually end up messing something up. 
you've had a driver that go back 20 years wouldn't have been able to walk away from the accident has been able to walk away from the accident so it proves that it is safe and if you mess with it you could actually end up causing it not to be safe so glad he walked away glad we had a good race after that stroll got flipped over which wasn't great problem for me i had him in my f1 fantasy team i need to get rid of him i don't know why i've still got it. it's because i'm top of my league with my friends is the reason why he's still in there and it don't change what's not broken but whatever but lewis won of course he did it was just quite a good race all in all so that was the f1 news today the other sport news that i have is about diego maradona of course that he passed away earlier this week of a heart attack after coming home from hospital after having brain surgery to remove a blood clot he was originally admitted to the hospital for i think it was depression some sort of uh, mental illness and they ended up doing brain surgery to remove a blood clot went home to recover and he passed away of suffering a fatal heart attack now there's news that have come out today of there's searches being carried out at the home and the office of diego maradona's doctor as part of an investigation into the football legend's death so I don't know if they're seeing this as somewhat slightly suspicious. I, I can't tell, but the surgeon come out and said, look, I've done what I could do. I advise him not going home. You got that coming out. And I think it was just one of those things that no one wanted to happen, but happened. Talking of things that no one wanted to happen, but happened, COVID. The government has released their list of what places will be in what tier. The majority of the UK is basically in tier two. Some are in tier three. There's only Cornwall, the Isle of Scilly and um, Isle of Wight, which are in Tier 1. That means that they can basically do whatever they want. It's just the rule of six indoors. Like, the rest of it's okay. Just can't meet with any more than six people indoors. It also means that spectator sport can resume again. In Tier 1, that means that a maximum crowd capacity outdoors of 50% of normal stadium occupancy or 4,000 people. So if you've got a, like let's say that London Wembley was at in tier one, the stadium can sit 80,000 people. That means only 4,000 people could go in. And it doesn't mean that 40,000, it's 50% or 4,000 people. And indoors, the maximum capacity is 1,000. In tier two, it's sort of the same as tier one, just that you can't meet people from any other household inside. And that pubs and bars that don't serve meals have to close they can also start allowing spectators into stadiums to watch sport but there is a change in how many people so it's still the 50 percent stadium capacity but it's all 2,000 people whichever smaller and the indoor is still a thousand tier three is only some people can mix outdoors and there'll be no spectators allowed to watch sport hospitality venues will have to close except for delivery and takeaway Hotels and other accommodation have to close. Indoor entertainment, like cinemas and uh, casinos, bowling alleys, all that sort of stuff, they must also close. So tier three is basically lockdown. Tier two is lockdown, but you can go to the pub or a restaurant. And tier one is crack on, just don't meet up in large groups. They've also released their exactly what's going on over Christmas. There's going to be five days of Christmas that means that a household can mix. They're calling it a Christmas bubble, I think. And it'll be from the 23rd to the 27th of December. And it's irrespective of local tier systems. So 
someone from tier three can go to someone from tier one and spend Christmas with them. Is that a good idea? I don't know. Maybe they should have kept it one and two. It just means that we're going in lockdown again in January, wouldn't it? So it is what it is. The one thing that shocks me a little bit is they're saying that no social distancing has to be observed, meaning that you can just hug your relatives. All they're saying is, oh, just be careful of the older ones, you know, or the clinically vulnerable. People in tier one still can mix with six other people indoors. They still have to social distance. So why not just say you have to social distance? People can't have their cake and eat it. If they want to spend Christmas with their families, there has to be a compromise. Okay, of course, they're not actually going to do it, but put that in place that to say that there is a rule. But yeah, but that's, that's what's going on there. The uh, Nicola Sturgeon, the Scottish First Minister, has said just because you can mix with other people indoors, that maybe you shouldn't. But uh, trying to stop that will be pretty hard. They, they sort of had to cave in and allow this to happen because people were just going to do it regardless. And especially because now we've got all the vaccine stuff that they reckon is going to everything's going to be okay again by next winter. People are a bit complacent. And talking of the vaccines, the priority list has come out and there's been some news that has come out and I don't know how I feel about this. So the priority list of people that will be getting the vaccine is as followed. Older adults in care homes and care home workers is the top priority. Then you have all over 80s and other health and social care workers. After that you have all those of 75 years or over. And then in fourth you have 70 years of age and over and clinically extremely vulnerable individuals excluding pregnant women and those under 18 years of age. So 70 and over and the people that have been shielding. Then in fifth you have all those 65 years of age and over then you have adults age 18 to 65 years in an at-risk group. Now, this is the one I have a problem with. And specifically, I'll talk about it afterwards. Then you have all those 55 and over. Then you have all those 50 and over. That's just what's been released at the minute. They're the nine different tiers of the priority list. But the sixth one, adults aged 18 to 65 years in an at-risk group. What's been classed as an in-at-risk group is people that are morbidly obese. And they are going to be getting it before those age 60 and over. Now they're saying that the more overweight you are, the, the higher risk you are at having COVID and it being a bad case of it. But at some point, haven't you got to say that your major bed, you've got to lie in it? When they were obese, should they have maybe gone, hmm, yeah, I should probably put myself on a diet. They're now morbidly obese and they're going, you're more important than older people. But there's also that huge different argument of is obesity a mental disorder? It's just that they've they've said to people who are of certain ethnicities that they won't be getting prioritised in the vaccine, even though that even though it has come out that they are more at risk than just a normal Caucasian individual. So why are you prioritising morbidly obese people over them? There's a little bit of double standards. I'll tell you what is double standards. Now, I don't know if people remember this case. People in the UK probably should remember this case. In 2013, there was a news story that came out of some parents who had lost their children in a house fire. Five of their children died actually in the fire at the house, and then a further one of their children died later on in hospital through injuries that they had sustained. So it was, they had Jade, who was 10, John, who was 9, Jack, who was 8, Jesse, who was six, Jaden, that was five, they're the ones that all died in the fire, and then Dwayne, who was 13, passed away in hospital three days later. 
the tabloids thought it was a bit fishy this whole situation so they actually bugged the stepdad's hotel room and it turned out that it was actually arson they had they had actually set light to their house to try to blame mick's mistress mick is the stepdad and they also hoped that the damage would mean that they got a bigger council house but they used petrol to start the fire and it meant that they couldn't fight the flames quick enough which caused the death so the reason i'm saying this is because Mairead philpot was the mother she was jailed in 2013 for manslaughter now i don't think it was manslaughter anyway if they've planned to do arson they've purposely put their children's life in danger but they were supposed to be able to fight the flames it's not first degree murder i reckon this is third degree murder they meant to set that house alight they didn't mean to kill the children but they did so it means that there was intent behind it anyway she's been released she's only served eight years in prison for killing her six children and i think uh, david spencer of the center for crime prevention said it perfectly when he said that it was quote an absolute mockery end quote and he's saying that about the the nation's criminal justice system saying that she shouldn't be able to just be roaming the streets after killing six of her children he also went on to say quote she has served barely more than a year for each of her six innocent lives she callously took away she is back on the streets while the taxpayer coughs up for her to get a new identity protection counseling and a place to live end quote and i completely agree with it she is scum she purposely put her children's life in danger whether she meant to kill him or not she did she served eight years for that and i'm paying for her to be given a new name to given counseling to her to have protection a place to live i can't even get a place to live her husband mick received a life sentence for his part in it but with a minimum term of 15 years so he will be eligible for parole in 2028 where for ending six lives he could serve 15 years there's a huge problem there in there it's been a bit of a downer the news i think we need to cheer ourselves up a little bit with some weird news and i have some fucking weird news i don't know if people have heard of this place this place is in austria and it, the town is actually called fucking they pronounce it fucking but you know it's f-u-c-k-i-n-g it's fucking isn't it anyway they finally had enough of people taking the piss out of their name and they're going to change it i don't know what they're going to change it to what are they going to change it to fudging oh actually look at it look uh, but now it's over the name change has been confirmed it's unclear what alternatives were on the table only that the conservative members won the day and from next year the village will be known as fudging it actually will or fugging f-u-g-g-i-n-g fugging that's terrible what is great is that the people of wank in switzerland have told them they all need to get a life and you know get some fame from their town name but this is i suppose it is more sad news it means we won't be able to go to the fucking pub to the fucking restaurant to the fucking bnb won't be able to go to the fucking farm to the fucking park huge misjustice in this news article there are some other places uh similar votes on a name change have taken place recently in neighboring austrian towns such as wank sorry wankam c and petting as well as vomitville and wind passing as if one rotten egg wasn't enough austria has two so we've got places called wankensee petting vomitville wind passing and rotten egg i mean, understand these are in different languages but how you how was somebody who's austrian out of name of wind passing i don't know but the town got called fucking um because it was 
settled by a Bavarian nobleman called Foco, and he set up the settlement, and it means it was called Fucking, or the place of Foco's people, is what it actually means. But it came to light in the uh, Second World War, when US soldiers kept nicking the signs and taking pictures in front of it, then it just became a tourist destination, and everyone wanted to go to the fucking place. Talking of fucking, there's this story of Sonic the Rampant Rabbit. This was a story of a mum who was selling an old Sega Mega Drive console on Facebook Marketplace and didn't check the contents of the box. Now, it had the Sega Mega Drive in it, that was all good. had everything it needed to be on it. There was a little surprise in there as well. There was a sex toy. And she hadn't realised until she got a message. And I like the way the geezer put it. He says, uh, hey, my mate's really happy with the console. Only thing is, there's a rabbit jumping about in a sock. She's confused, she replies, what? And he says, a rampant one. She goes, really? I don't even know what I got in there. Oh, I could die. And there's a picture of the Mega Drive and then a purple rampant rabbit inside a polka dot sock. And all she could say was that the sex toy is worth more than what she sold the Sega Sega Mega Drive for. Do you reckon he sniffed it? I reckon he did. This geezer from Russia would have had trouble sniffing it. This is a story of a 59-year-old man who had to get a coin removed from his right nostril after he put it up there when he was six years old. He says that he was too scared to tell his mother because she was so strict and would have a go at him. So he put it up there, just forgot about it, and then he was having trouble breathing and there was actually stones that were forming on the outside of the coin that was lodged up his nose that had to get surgically removed. What sort of fucking maniac? One sticks a coin up their nose. Yeah, I know he was six and children always put things where they shouldn't put them. But he forgot about it. How do you forget about it? How do you just forget about it and move on for your life and it'd be up there for 53 years? Now that is just mental and it's almost as mental as having a virtual girlfriend. This is a Kickstarter that's going on at the minute and it is called Hybrid. And it basically uses an AI technology mixed with augmented reality. So you can be messaging and AI in, in things like a replica, this one will now give you a physical representation of the AI. Another thing you can do is create a 3D model out of someone who is already alive, like you can create their face through pictures, I, I, I gather. And you can also recreate the environment that it's in, so if you've got old holiday snaps that you really enjoy, like you create the holiday environment that you was in. And of course this is going to be used for sexual enjoyment but the creators have also said that it might be good for people who are grieving because it means that they can make their loved ones or if they can't see their loved ones they'll be able to make them and, and what seems like talk to them so yeah, this is on kickstarter at the minute i haven't even got on the kickstarter i don't think i'm lonely enough yet but uh, they are trying to develop the app now so people will eventually be able to download it and make their own virtual girlfriend you might even be able to have fun with your virtual girlfriend with a sky penis. This is a couple of Russian passenger plane pilots that have drawn a penis in the sky through the GPS. They say they've done it in support of the Russian team captain, Artem Dzyuba, who was suspended from international duty after footage showing him appearing to masturbate in bed appeared online. That means everybody would get suspended from every single job that they've been at because everyone absolutely everyone has got a little video of them leaking of them having a bit of fun but this was flight dp407 it was en route from moscow to yekaterinburg on november 11th and the pilots requested 
permission to do some air maneuvers due to a need to check radio navigation equipment, but they didn't. They just decided they wanted to draw a massive dick in the sky. The football player got hacked and wouldn't pay the ransom, so that's why the footage got leaked and then why the Russian pilots decided to draw the dick. I will say they were mature. They restrained from doing ejaculate. So I tip my hat to them to be able to have that restraint. And what does need to be restrained is the minks in Denmark. This is crazy. So there's a culling going on in Denmark of minks. They're running riot. They need to decrease the population, but they're burying them in mass graves. And what's happening is as they're decomposing they're expanding and there's so many of them that they're being pushed out of the ground so there's a load of zombie minks bursting out of the ground in denmark this was because a vaccine resistant mutation of covid19 broke out on farms which meant that more than 10 million of them had to be cold so 2020 is not just the year of every other piece of shit it's also the year of the zombie mutant killer minks the other story that was a little bit uh, mental and unexplained was the mysterious monolith in Utah. This was a triangular metal monolith that was discovered by a pilot who was helping count um, wildlife in the area. And he spotted this thing and they went to investigate and it's just this metal, like I said, basically a metal Toblerone stuck into the ground about three meters tall, I think it is. That's 10 to 12 feet. So that metal structure was found in Utah last week and it was like planted in the ground and tucked into a red rock cove. And like the internet's been going mental about this. Is it aliens? Is it some artist? You know, is there writing on it? Is there not? But it's just come out that after a week of it being a worldwide sensation, it's removed. And I believe no one knows how it was removed either. All they say is the Bureau of Land Management did not remove the structure, which is because it's on what's considered private property. And they do not investigate crimes that involve private property. That's up to the local sheriff. So I don't know what has happened here. Definitely keep up to date on that one. And with that, I think that might be it. I think I'm done. That is it for the broadsheet and this episode of Dead Behind the Eyes. Like I said in the intro, if you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And join us Friday where we'll be back to the normal schedule or normal series and be looking at the last two films of the Star Wars franchise. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is at Dead Behind the Eyes and Instagram is at Dead Behind the Eyes Podcast. You can always email me if you want to, whether it's to say I've done well, whether to say I've done shit, whether it's just to tell me that your dog's called Jack, you can do that at dbte.podcast at gmail.com. So that's the first letter, dead behind the eyes, .podcast at gmail.com. This episode of Dead Behind the Eyes was written, hosted, and produced by me, William Robbins. Music was by Adam Vitovsky and Darren Curtis. So once again, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Stay safe and join me next time on Dead Behind the Eyes. Eyes, eyes, eyes.